0: welcome to grace community church on demand the weekly podcast from the sunday services at grace community church in rupert idaho here at grace we believe in building the kingdom of god one person at a time we're passionate about loving god loving people and following jesus let's get into this week's message with pastor travis turner
1: how many of you came ready for the word of god today today turn to your neighbor and say let's go yeah, didn't do it very well. Turn your name and say, let's go. Yeah. All right. Um, go ahead and turn your Bible, please, to the book of Acts chapter 14 and verse 19. 14 and verse 19. We are in a series that I put together on were you created for greatness. And greatness, when I talk about greatness, I'm not talking about how the world speaks of greatness, right? What I'm talking about is being the greatest you that you can be. We all know this, that that it is by design that you are here during this time. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so there's a purpose. Everything that is built by a builder is built with purpose. And so there is something significant that God wants to do in and through your life, and, and you want to be the greatest version of that that you can be. So in Acts chapter 14 and verse 19, let's read. It says, Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and they dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. For biblical reference, this was a genuine stoning. They took many rocks, large rocks, and they began to cast them at the apostle Paul to the point that he was dead. And they dragged his lifeless body Outside of the city, the Bible says supposing him to be dead. The disciples gathered around him outside of the city is where this is happening. And he rose up. Somebody say he rose again. He rose rose up and he went into the city. The next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. I want to just pause right there and just hit you with this. It's very important that you figure out who's in your corner. Because having the right people in your corner, the right people on your team, it literally can lead to life. And I'm telling you by having the wrong people on your team can lead to death, or it can lead you to not fulfilling God's perfect plan for your life. Like it is important who you have in your circle and on your team. Let's pray, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the worship. God, we thank you for the baptism this morning. Thank you for the decision to receive you and then be obedient and step into the waters of baptism. Those who are buried with you in Christ will also raise again in newness of life. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. And Lord, thank you for the worship that we've been able to enter into today. But we are not fooled as to think that worship is just singing a few songs and raising our hands, and, and singing a melody. In Romans chapter 12, it talks about our reasonable act of worship, and that has everything to do with surrender and sacrifice. God, our plan and our desire is to become more like you and less like the world. So Lord, help us in and through your word today for that to happen, and everybody said amen, amen. amen. Have you ever been in a place in life where things are like really, really good? They're just going amazing. Maybe you just got a, you know you just got a job promotion. Uh, you're making a little bit more money, able to get some bills paid, or I shared with first service, maybe. You know, maybe you've, you've, you've come across a new relationship and you just made a connection. You ever met, you understand when you meet some people, it's really, really hard to connect with them. And then other people, it's just natural. And you walk away from, from that, that new conversation, that new interaction, and you're like, man, where have you been all of my life? I just love you, you know what I'm saying? You're not even a guy that gives hugs and says I love you, but you're just like, bring it in, man, <laughs> I just love you so much. And, um, and so it's good, but you've been in these high points, we'll just call them high points, many, many times before. And as history repeats itself, when you've been in a high place before, usually it doesn't take very long until something bad happens, right? And so, so now you're in this space and place where, you know, all this good is happening in your life, but your literally approached to it is, I'm just waiting for the foot to drop. I'm waiting for the bad news to come. And Jesus himself said, listen, in this world, you're going to have, come on, people, let's try it again. In this world, you're going to have, but be of good cheer, I have. overcome the world come on we got to get the word in us right and so this is one of my favorite things I talk about up here we got to we need to participate in church that's what we need to do and so this troublesome time it causes tremendous conflict because well because it's hard and it's difficult to go through And so all of the good news, all of the, the, you know, that raise, whenever the phone rings or the doorbell, you know, rings, and, and you find out that somebody that you love has been diagnosed with cancer, or maybe they've gotten into a wreck and they're fighting for their life, it doesn't matter how good the news that you just received was, come on, now it, what does it do? It shrinks back into the shadows it shrinks back into the shadows of of like the blessing while it's still a blessing you can't even focus on the blessing because somebody that you love is in need of all of the attention and so sunshine and smiles turn into overcast and tears many many years ago i used to work at micron electronics which turned into micron pc and And um, I was a a sales representative for Micron. We would sell servers and all of the computer equipment for companies of a 1,000 employees and greater. And so we were competing against Dell and and Gateway and all these other companies. But life was really good for me because I was really good at selling things. Even though it was over the phone, I, I made really good money. And, um, and it, was a, it was a highlight, it was a, it was a fun time in my, in my life. It was when I was at Micron that I also got saved. And so that was pretty cool. I didn't get saved at Micron, I got saved at a church, but you know what I'm saying. And so anyway, we went through this troublesome time called Black Friday. And I don't know if Black Friday is, is standard in the industry, but Black Friday was, was whenever we showed up to work on a Friday, had no idea it was coming, but they started like the management, upper management and HR would walk around to different people, selective people, and they would just hand them a box, an empty box, and they would say, it's time to fill up the box and get all of your stuff. You know, you'd no longer work here anymore. And so a friend of mine was promoted the Monday before. He was promoted just a few days earlier. And then Friday, he was let go. And I am so excited, like I made it through, you know what I'm saying, the, the firing set, I made it through Black Friday. And I think one of the reasons why I made it through is because I hid up underneath my desk for about eight hours, you know, and then I come crawling out and I'm like, is it safe? <laughs> no, 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 A true story. I didn't hide it up underneath my desk, but. But I'm just telling you in the middle of life when things are good, like the bad can come. But we shouldn't live our life waiting for the foot to drop, right? But this is also why some people might come into the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning, and everybody else, man, you're ra- everybody's raising their hands and they're they're singing to the top of their lungs, and you might even look over, you know, it's none of your business what's going on with somebody else, but you might, you know, we're just people. We're like, well, it seems like something's really happening over here, and there might be tears just streaming down, you know, the face because. Of the heaviness and the hardships that people are going through but other people right they can't even come in here and lift their hands all they do is they come in here and sit down on their chair you, let me just be honest I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you because I feel like I feel like and I still feel this way when we come into the house of the Lord like we shouldn't treat this as normal come on we're here to worship God we're here to praise God, and I feel like worship and praise should be spirit, soul, and body. You know what I'm saying? And so it used to, it used to, it doesn't anymore, it doesn't anymore, but it used to irritate me whenever I'd see a bunch of people just sitting on their backside, you know what I mean, looking at their nails and, and all this stuff. I'm like, come on, do you realize who it is that we're worshiping this morning? The King of Kings and the Lord of It used to bother me, but I've matured. And it really doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me as much because I realize it may have been everything that a person had in them just to get here. The weightiness and the heaviness of life can be so demanding that sometimes they they don't have the energy or the strength. You know what I mean? So this is how I approach it. For all of you non-worshippers that you're always heavy. For those of you that sit next to somebody that's sitting down all the time and you're worshiping, just make sure you give a double portion of praise and worship so you could take care of like your whole row. You could take care of your whole row. You're like, listen, you just receive whatever it is that the Lord has from you. I've got enough praise and worship for all of us. Amen. I like that. Do you like that? I like that. Let's put that on a shirt or something. All right, Acts chapter 14, we see this in the Bible. We're not just talking about, you know what I mean, counseling and trying to help people get better with their problems. We see this in the Bible in Acts chapter 14, come on, Paul is literally beat to death with stones, with rocks. Acts 13, he has one of the most he has one of the greatest highlights in the entirety of his life just a chapter prior. The Apostle Paul was laid hands on and ordained to the work of the ministry, and he was sent out, right? And he was ordained by haters. He was ordained, you know, these people weren't super fans of his. Why? Because the Apostle Paul was killing Christians. He was going throughout the land, and, and literally at his command, people were dying. At his command, the, the, the husband, the, the man of the household was thrown into prison, And this really put a great stress and a a strain, come on, on on the mother, which most likely was just a stay-at-home mom, right, taking care of the kids. How do you get through? And so this guy was hated by a lot of people. But here he is with hands being laid upon him. Why? Because the anointing of God, the call of God was on his life. And I'm just telling you this, when God's hand is on you, it doesn't matter whose lips are against you. Let me just say it again, because I don't think you heard it. When the anointing, when the hand of God is on your life, it does not matter whose lips are against you. See, you can be doing great things. You're serving the Lord. You're pursuing God. And then all of a sudden, some of the people that that should love you the most, should celebrate you the most, some of these people are going to be the same people that are used, come on, to speak against you and to pull you back to where to where it is that they were comfortable you being. You start making big decisions, people are uncomfortable because there's one of two things that has to happen. They need to change to keep up with you or the relationship will be divided, right? And so a lot of times their mouse will be against the great things that God is doing and you're gonna have to just work through that because sometimes it's not easy, trust me. I I have had people tell me things that I've said and things that I stand for in this community. I'm like, oh, that's good to know. I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. But my name has been on people's lips and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Do I get bent? Do I get frustrated? No. Why? Because, man, I got work to do. I got work to do. There's work that needs to be done. So we see in Acts chapter 13 and verse two, they're all in a prayer meeting and The Holy Spirit begins to move upon the elders, the Bible says, and he said, listen, call unto us Paul and Barnabas, lay hands on them, and then send them out to do the work of the ministry. Send them out, release them. And so that's exactly what happens. They lay hands on them, and immediately Paul and Barnabas go out, and they begin to minister, come on the gospel, which is the what? The good news, right, to anybody that will hear it, they're ministering the gospel and dead people are being raised to life and blind eyes are being opened and the lame are walking and people are receiving Jesus Christ as Lord, which is the, the most incredible miracle of all miracles. Sins being forgiven, washed away, never to be brought up against you again. Dr. Paul, it looks like it's just you and me, brother. You and me you connected with that. Let's say, come on, that's the greatest miracle of all. Thank you. So just whenever you're having these huge inroads in life, come on, how many of you know that there are going to be people that will draw you back? And so that's the exact same thing that they're in the city, they're preaching, they're teaching, great things are happening. Well, Jews from the previous city that they were in, come on, they went into the city that they're currently seeing all these miracles and they start stirring up problems. I'm gonna just pause right there for a second. You gotta be careful with people in your past. You gotta be careful. I'm not saying don't have anything to do with them, right? Man, it's amazing some of the restored relationships that I've had with people that I served with in the United States Marine Corps. I've been able to tell God what it is that, or those people, what God's done in my life. Just went and got a chance. My last two reunions, my 30-year reunion, which was a couple years back, don't ask me how many. 30-year reunion, my class asked me to preach a message at a class reunion and everybody showed up. That's weird guys, that is weird, that's weird stuff. I've never heard of something like that ever happening, ever. So, so, so your past, while, while it can certainly trip you up, God has a plan and a purpose for people in your past. That's good, plan, purpose, people, past. God has a plan and a purpose for people in your past, right? Say that four times real fast. God has a plan and purpose for people in your past and there's a reason for it, right? But if you're not ready, if you're not careful, it's very possible, like if you're not armored up, if you don't understand who you belong to and you just kinda slip back into old ways, those people are gonna try to put you in the same position that they last found you in. They're talking about what you did in high school and you're like, do you know 30 some years has passed since I've been in high school? And you're trying to lock me. I'm not that person, hopefully. Hopefully, I'm not that person anymore. But check this out. Two days in. Somebody say two days. Two days, two days into Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas's, Barnabas? You know who I'm talking about. Two days in to them fulfilling their purpose. Come on, they're winning one second. And then the apostle Paul is being stoned the next and dragged out of the city and left for dead. Come on, we talk about purpose all the time here at Grace Church. God has a purpose for your life. God's got a purpose for your, your family. God's got a purpose for your marriage. God's got a purpose for your children. God's got a purpose for your job. God's got a purpose for your finance. He's got a purpose for your ministry. How many of you know that every single one of you has a ministry? If you don't know that, let me be the first to tell you. Come on, you were created on purpose and ministry is part of God's plan for your life, right? If you don't know that, you need to start asking the Lord what it is that that looks like. And so what I want you to know is that there's no such thing as purpose without pain, for you to become everything that God has called you to become, it's going to cause you some pain. You're going to have to walk through some things. And a lot of it is just being changed into his image and likeness, right? Less of me. Somebody say less of me, more of him. That doesn't happen overnight. Come on. There's some, there's some grind. There's some friction. There's some There's some trouble, there's some struggle. How many of you have done some things that you did not wanna do, but you did them anyway? Come on, used to be for me, and I'll be lucky if it doesn't today, but used to be every single day I would do something that I knew I shouldn't do, but I would do it anyway. That's just your pastor. Maybe you're a whole lot better, but I'm just being honest. Man, I really didn't wanna do that, why did I do that? Man, I really shouldn't have, done, I shouldn't have done that, but I did it, why? And so the problem is, is we think that following God is easy when it's not. And we have made a mistake in the church, universal, by saying, listen, come to Jesus and all your problems will be solved. That's wrong, it's a lie. In fact, some of your biggest problems lie ahead of you because you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal savior, right? Look at all of the disciples that were martyred, come on, for the kingdom of God. And guess what? They were happy to do it. Do you know that we have modern day martyrs today? There are people given an opportunity that, listen, deny God and you will live. Come on, profess Jesus Christ as king, and I'm gonna shoot you. And they're like, do what you must. Jesus Christ is Lord, right? And so for us to think that we're just going to go through life with no issues and no turmoil, and it's going to be smooth sailing because of Jesus has been a bill of goods that you've been sold and you've been lied to. And so it's important that Christ in you is the hope of all glory. You are able to do all things through Jesus Christ who gives you strength. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, brother, right? He said, I will never leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm going to be with you. While it's tough, we're going to get through this together. Like that's what you need to know. You got troubled times ahead of you, but with the Lord Come on, you're going to be just fine. So Paul is literally stoned to death, dragged out of the city, led for death, led for dead, left for dead, led, left. Listen, you got it. He was dragged out. Life was out of his body. The disciples, his buddies come and they gather around. Let me just be honest. They probably went out there just to dig a hole. And while they're digging a hole to bury their buddy in, Paul was a good man. They're digging a hole, and then all of a sudden, Paul just pops up, and he's like, what are you guys doing? What's going on here? I doubt that they went out there to raise him to life. But that's exactly what it is that happened. And I just wanna just ask this real quick question once again, because I can't hit this without asking it. Who is in your inner circle? Do these people give life? Do they speak life when they're surrounding you? Do you come to life? Or do they suck life out of you? If that's the case. I'm not even going to ask who said it. I don't even want to know. I don't, if you're sitting next to that person, we're paying attention. No, no, no. (laughs) Boy, that was bold. You didn't even have to think about it. (laughs) They were like, they sucked the life out of me. Sometimes we talk about everybody else, like, right? Like we can be like, yeah, yeah. The people that I share life with, who takes everything just to get through. But let me, let me take it a little bit further because everybody looks at everybody else in a question, but what kind of person are you? Are you a person that when you're around other people, do they, are, like, are they elevated? Are they encouraged? Are they lifted up? Or, and I'm just telling you, if, they, if, if you leave and you're like, you can't even see if you made an indention or impression, you probably sucked life right out of them. So I'm not gonna say that about anybody, but you can certainly be honest with yourself. What kind of friend are you? See, life can hit you hard and you may not have the breath to say another prayer. You might not have the strength in your body to even open the word and dive into the word. This is why you need people that love you come on, that can care for you, that can protect you. They're not going to ask you, how did you let yourself get into this situation? I just can't believe, I can't believe, you shouldn't have done that. Like, listen, what you need is you need your wounds to be healed. You need protected. You need people come on to surround you when you're in a dead space and place in life. So the apostle Paul, he comes back to life like, whoop, boom comes back to life, and then what does he do? He goes right back into the city. Can you imagine the disciples? They're celebrating. Man, Paul, that is so amazing. God is so good. He says, let's go. Let's go where? Like Jerusalem? No, let's go back to the city of the people that just killed me. Are you crazy? They might kill you again. (laughs) What are you thinking? The apostle Paul is like, listen, my purpose is there. My purpose isn't running away. My purpose isn't elsewhere. God, the the anointing of God, hands were laid upon my life. I was sent out. This is where I'm supposed to be. And so he went right back and he began to face the people. Come on, that stoned him in the first place. The key with purpose is this, you also need resilience. Somebody just say that, resilience. (laughs) Now let's whisper it just because it sounds really cool. Resilience. Let's do it on the count of three. One, two, three. Resilience. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. See, resilience is being able, come on, to take it on the chin and get right back in. The great theologian Mike Tyson says, everybody's a fighter. The great theologian Mike Tyson said, everyone is a fighter until they get punched in the nose. See, this is the deal. And I know that's funny and I I wanna get right back into the serious, this is the deal. The truth is, is some of you right here right now, you're dealing with age old pain. You're dealing today with pain that happened 10 years, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Why, because you've stopped. You got hit in the nose and you're like, I don't like that, I don't wanna do it anymore. But I'm telling you that God's way is to keep pushing, keep pressing because the purpose is on the other side of the pain. And the enemy wants to lock you up. The enemy wants to shackle you. The enemy wants to confine you. The enemy wants to limit you. But God says, listen, I'm removing the limits if you'll just trust me. So... There's a few thoughts with the hits in the world that we take just real quick. Number one, you got to recognize the source of your pain. If you don't recognize the source of your pain, we got a few doctors in here. If you don't recognize the source of your pain, then you're going to misdiagnose. For instance, if I've got a ruptured appendix, I think that's where it's at. Where's it at, Dr. Dave? What side is it? Right side. If I've got a ruptured appendix and I just say, oh, just something that I ate. I'm going to sleep it off. The truth is, is I might not wake up in the morning. And so you've got to, you've got to, you've got to find the source of, of your pain so that you don't mistreat it. And then there's there another pain called wounds. And these are just the wounds of life, life just happening and that can be painful. And I can tell you this, that some of the wounds in life you think have been healed until you put new pressure on it. Like when your foot, you twisted your ankle and you iced it and you heat it, ice, heat, icy, you got elevated, you're doing all the things that you're supposed to do. And you're like, man, it's starting to feel good. I am healed, praise Jesus. And then you step up and you're like, wait a second. There's new pressure that's been added that reveals that while healing has taken place, you're not 100% whole and well. How does this work in the real world? How this works in the real world is you've got problems with your husband. You, you, have, you have no patience with your husband, but it's possible that you've got daddy issues that have not been dealt with. And so every single time that your husband does something that reminds you he didn't do it, he didn't cause the pain, but because there's not healing, he's the one that gets the, the blame for it. And that's just one example. There's many examples and it's not just against women or men. We all have these issues that God's plan and desires to make us whole and new and fresh. And if you don't, you're gonna live the limited life. then we got growing pains. Growing pains are good pains. How many of you remember your kids? It seemed like they grew overnight and they couldn't sleep at all. And, and they were laying in their bed and just crying themselves, they're crying all the time, getting up, just they don't feel good. Why? Because they're growing. How many of you have a 15 to 18 month old that is teething right now? And that's painful and, and you just can't, you can't give them the relief that you, that you want to give them. But can you imagine if they didn't go through that, they're gonna be in their 20s with no teeth. Like you want them to go through that pain. And some things in life, because we're being changed into his image and likeness, come on, it's just hard, but it's good. And then we've got pain caused by other people, hurting people hurt people. If I'm hurting and I'm in a bad mood, it's very possible I'm going to be short with you. And we got to have grace and mercy for one another in the same way that the Lord's grace and mercy for you and I, it's new every day. See, we love to be on the receiving end of things oftentimes, but sometimes we don't like extending what it is that we've received. I'm just saying we gotta do better. And then we've got spiritual warfare or spiritual pain. I want you to realize this, that the enemy is intimidated by Christ in you. The enemy, the devil is real. Satan is real. It's talked about all over in scripture. And it's not just you. It's not just the old you you have a devil that is out to kill, steal, and destroy you. And he is intimidated by Christ in you. He's not intimidated at, at you, by you. But if you are, if you have Christ in you, the hope of all glory, he's intimidated. Everything that is good, everything that is good comes from God. And the, and the devil wants to destroy that. And so you've got spiritual pain that you, he hates your marriage, he hates your ministry, he hates your children, he hates the anointing that's on your life. So once again, you're upset at the person, but what you really need to be upset at, see, it's not the person that you should be upset at, it's the enemy behind the person. See, hurting people come on our great tools in the devil's hand to hurt other people. And so what do we do? We come back at the person, we attack the person that's attacked us instead of dealing with it, come on spiritually or supernaturally. Where do I get this from? Ephesians chapter six and verse 12. It says, we do not fight or wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, the Bible says, take up the full armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to stand, come on, in the evil days. What's the evil day? Man, I searched this out, did so much, read from Genesis to Revelation, even checking out the maps. I found out that the evil day is today, and it was yesterday, and it's going to be tomorrow. Until Jesus comes back, you're going to have to deal with the enemy. And so what you should do every day is you, be, you begin to put on the full armor of God, right? You gotta be ready. And then you'll be able to combat the fiery darts that are being shot at you. Number two is this, gotta hurry up real quick. Buckle up. Number two, don't stop. See, some of you guys have been through some things that you never thought that you were able, ever gonna be able to make it through, but you made it through it. Why? Because you didn't stop other people online, not in this room, other people you stopped and you've been stuck ever since you've stopped. And I'm telling you online people only, not these people talking to you. This isn't God's plan for your life. God's plan is for you to keep moving. Well, I don't know how you don't understand the pain that I've seen the pain that I understand I don't understand, but I've got my own stuff. And I've I've seen it done both ways. And I'm telling you this, that you either believe God that you can do all things or you don't. You either trust God with your very life or you don't. And I'm telling you this, that you were created for such a time as this and your purpose isn't fulfilled. Come on, we need to be about the Lord's business. Amen. We need to be about the Lord's business. And so don't stop. There's pain that you have to pass through. I know you want to go under it and you want to go around it and you want to go over. Matter of fact, let me just ask you real quick. Who here, by show of hands, when you stub your toe in the middle of the night or you, you hit your thumb with a hammer, who here, the first thing that you do is you start running away from the pain? Like, dude, I am a runner. I am a runner. And the fastest that I have ever ran in my life is when I'm running away from pain. I am a runner, man, but I've never been able to outrun it. Never, not once, but I try. And it's crazy to me, when we have pain in life, we put so much effort and energy into getting away from it. Man, take this pain away from me. But the pain, come on, is an amazing teacher and a developer. And growth happens in and through the pain. See, your promise is on the other side of the, of the pain. Don't stop. Psalm chapter 23 and verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, it doesn't say you're, you're, you're walking through death. You're walking through the shadow of death. And while you think that you're gonna die, that this thing is gonna kill you, there's no way for life on the other side. I'm telling you that's a lie from the enemy. There is life on the other side. I I love studying um, about shepherds. Do you know a shepherd, the staff? It says thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. A shepherd's staff was also used for a journal. It's used for a lot of things to beat animals away and to, and to kind of keep your footing and, and separate sheep and all kinds of different things. But one of the things that it also was, was a journal, anything significant in the shepherd's life, come on, they would put a mark on that staff. Why? So they could look back and they could remember. And so you take a look at one of the most popular shepherds in the Bible, which was David. David, one of the most popular ones, right? By the time he came to fight Goliath, he had already been through some battles. He had killed a lion, he'd killed a bear. And guess what? Every single time that something significant like that happened, he had an etch on his staff. And so here he is getting ready to fight this giant of a man, this Philistine. I'm certain he's got his staff with him. What is he doing? He's looking back on how God has delivered him in the past. And so he goes out, literally chops the head of this giant off, there's another etch that goes in the staff. And I'm certain that David, when he was going out to find the, fight the enemy armies, he would oftentimes look back at that staff and say, it is my God that is for me. And if that's the case, who can be against me? Number three, you've got to remember your past pain. Remember the past pain that God has brought you through. See, some of you folks are so battle-tested, Whenever you hear of something else that somebody's going through, you're just like, suck it up. Are you kidding me? Right? Have you ever been like that? You're just like, you're so distraught over that. And the only reason is, is because not to downplay where they're at, but you just been through some stuff and you got through it. And then you went through some more stuff and you got through it and you went through. And so like, you are like a general on the battlefield. You're just like, there's bullets flying. All the privates are ducking behind everything. You're just like, what's wrong with you guys? I see you've not been here before. (laughs) What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Just walking tall. Yeah, I like that. I'm telling you this, that the same God who did it then is the same God that will do it again. And you begin to build, you begin to build this this trust. You begin to build, you know what I mean, these experiences, and, and it absolutely will increase your faith. I'm almost done. Don't leave me yet. Habakkuk 2, chapter Three, it says this, for the revelation awaits for an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. Somebody say, wait for it. Amen. It will certainly come and it will not delay. Psalm 27:14. wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 there is an appointed time for everything there is a time for every event under heaven it would be like this if you were in a car accident and and you had multiple surgeries that you had to go through yeah, everything was just busted up inside of you. I'm guessing, I'm not a doctor, but I'm guessing what they're gonna do is they're gonna evaluate your condition and then they're going to, they're going to list it out from most serious to least serious. What they're not going to do is they're not gonna put you under the knife and, and, and go into surgery and try to fix every single thing in that one pass. You would certainly die. What they're gonna do, they're gonna fix the first thing. They're gonna allow you to heal up and rest up. And then when your body is strong enough, they're gonna go back in and they're gonna do another surgery and you're gonna come out of that and you're gonna heal up and rest up. And, and it just keeps going until you're put back together like Humpty Dumpty. And so how was Paul healed? Number four is this, don't cover your wounds. Paul was healed in community. See, when people know your wounds, when you have friends that know what you're going through, what they can do is they can protect you and they can cover you and they can, they can, they can make sure that, that you're getting the care that you need. But we live in a day and a time where nobody wants to share, come on, their hurts and their pains and their struggles with anybody. And so all that happens is as you show up to work, you're in a bad mood. And if I don't know that your wife is getting ready to leave you, and I don't know that you just got diagnosed with, with, a, with a, 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 an illness, then, then I might come back at you like, what's your problem, man? And so what happens is, is when we keep our wounds to ourselves, what happens is, is you're, you're, you're just on the devil's playground and he can just take shots at you any single time that he wants to. I'm just saying we need community because we're healed in community. And so growing pains, how do we deal with them? You work on the issue, one issue at a time. If you've got something that you'd like to change, give it six months, give it a year. You don't have to change everything overnight. But then whenever you fix that, when you get better, you get stronger at that, work on something else and give it six months. See, so many times we want to change everything. I love golf. And any anytime that I talk to a professional, a golf professional, they'll list out 10 things that I'm doing wrong. If I was to go and try to change 10 things all at one time, I'd never play the game of golf again. But if I can just work on one thing, like it's your approach or it's your stance or it's where the ball is, like, listen, I'm gonna get comfortable with that and then I'll move on to something else. But then we've got people pain. How do you deal with people pain? Number one, if you're on the on the healthy end of dealing with somebody with people pain, don't lose your compassion. Don't lose your compassion, right? It, uh, when I was first saved, I went out to the Boise prison for a whole year. Every Saturday, I would go out there and I would hold services. I had a captive audience. I was terrible at preaching, but I, they couldn't go nowhere. And so, I often joke, I'm like, I wonder if they like took time off of their sentence because they had to sit and listen. You know what I mean? It's like, listen, that was pretty rough. But I would go out there for you know, for a whole year. My brother was a prison guard out there. He had been there. He's not doing that. Been, he's been out of that business for a long time. But he had done that business too long. Not saying anything about prison guards, but for him, it made his heart hard. He's like, oh, yeah, Travis. Oh, yeah, everybody gets saved in prison. Everybody loves Jesus in prison. And I'm like, dude, there's something wrong with you. Your heart is absolutely so hard, and you better get that checked out and fixed. Because he was just no compassion. And so let me just say something just real quick. I want you to lean in, and then you can check out for the rest of the service. I'm almost done. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to think, don't look, don't say a name. Matter of fact, everybody close your eyes right now. I want you to think about that one person that just drives you absolutely crazy in this life. Now what I want you to do is I want you to thank God for them and I want you to take them out to dinner because this is the problem The problem isn't with them. The problem is, is God is using that person to to help you to discover things in your own life that need healed. That's good right there. You can open your eyes back up. It's really cool watching you all with your eyes closed too. All right, and then the last one is this, spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. Two responses, you can ignore it or you can engage it. And let me just tell you this, that every single thing, that the enemy does against you does not need your attention let me say it again every attack that the enemy brings against you is does not require your attention see because many if not most of the time the devil's biggest tool against you is distraction And so what happens is, is you're chasing this and you're having these great prayer meetings and you're doing this and you're anointing with oil and you got got olive oil all over your house and, and you're worshiping and you're fasting and you're praying and you're doing all these things. You're putting all this time, effort and energy into spiritual warfare when the enemy is just literally trying to distract you to keep you from your purpose. Now, how are you gonna know if it's one or the other? Is this thing blocking you from stepping into the fullness of what God has for you? If the answer to that is yes. Okay, so let me give you even a better illustration. Because I don't want to be misunderstood here. Let's just say you're going to work and there's somebody that you just can't get along with really that great at work. You have to ask yourself, is this person attached to my promotion can this person give me a raise? And if not, then do your best, you know what I'm saying, to to get along with that person, but don't give that situation more time than what it requires because if you start putting your time there, then guess what? You're not going to get that promotion that you've worked so hard to get anyway because you're going to be all frustrated and and it's going to affect your job. And so But if it's attached, come on to you stepping into your your fullness of your purpose. You need to start fasting and praying. What is fasting? Not getting on Facebook for 30 days. Fasting is not eating for a period of time and giving yourself to prayer. You need to start worshiping. You need to break out the oil. You need, to, you need to gather around you, every single person that is strong in the faith, come on to stand against the attacks and the arrows of the enemy. You need to get into your work, all of those things. Pull out all the stops, but not everything, come on, needs all the attention. And so Hebrews chapter 12 too, I'm closing with this, Pastor Matt. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus, the author of my faith, the finisher of my faith, who for joy, for joy. How is it for joy? Because he loves you so much and loves me so much for joy he went to the cross he had to pay the price come on for your sin debt you cannot pay it yourself you cannot do good enough you can't give enough money you can't serve enough you have to yield receive forgiveness and trust in God. So Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith and your faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. For joy, he endured the worst type of suffering and pain that anybody has ever gone through, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you know what's amazing? What's amazing is the Apostle Paul was stoned to death and dragged out of the city and his lifeless body came back to life. And what's really cool too, and I would just say it like this, it's pretty gangster. Pretty gangster for him to say, come on, let's go back into the city. I don't know, man. I might've been heading to Jerusalem. I might've been heading someplace else. But he said, listen, my purpose is in the city. So he went back in that's pretty amazing right would you agree that's pretty amazing but let me share with you something that's even more incredible that the king of kings and the lord of lords fully god fully man came to this earth and chose the bible says that no man took my life i willingly laid it down why I laid it down on the cross because peering around, peeking around the other side of the cross, there was a guy off in the distance, about 2000 some years down the road by the name of Travis Turner, that he knew was gonna need a lot of help. And he looked around the cross and he seen the brokenness of humanity And he's like, man, there's no hope for them unless I give my life. And so it was joyful for him to lay down his life. Why? So that anybody that believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That whosoever, are there any whosoever's? in the house this morning is there another whosoever we got a few whosoever whosoever would believe in him would trust him would live for him would not perish what's the perishing part eternal death eternal damnation hell is a real place and we're not motivated and moved by it because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where my father is, that you might be there also. But this is the deal, church. If you deny him, and this is on an individual basis, if God continues to reach out to you and to show himself to you and to love you, right? What's gangster is Jesus saying to the cross and to the enemy, bring it on. Bring your best because you're going to lose. Why? Because the prize is you and me. Anybody that would believe. And so I believe this, if you're here today and you don't know if you're saved or not, I believe that probably there have been multiple times where people have said just these little things like, you know what? Jesus loves you. Hey, and another stranger just says, hey, you know, have you ever considered Jesus? You know, he's got a plan for your life. And and so time and time and time again, and maybe your approach has been, man, that's for those weak-minded people that can't take care of business themselves. Or I don't believe in all that hoopla hogwash stuff. And that's fine, that's fine. But I'm telling you, if you're here today and the Lord is doing something on your life, the best thing that you can do is just respond to it. How do I respond to it? I just say yes to the Lord. That's it? Yeah, just say yes to the Lord. Yes to the Lord. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that means that he is everything that the Bible says that he is and that he came and he He died for me by saying yes to him. It's really saying no to me but it's really saying yes to me it's saying you know what not my way just like Jesus prayed in the garden but thine way be done in my life I yield to you God I don't even know how to yield to you but I yield to you I surrender to you I submit to you and I believe that you're gonna show me what that looks like as I go in this baptism this morning when we baptize this young man You know what I'm telling him? I'm telling the same thing that I tell every single person that enters into the waters of baptism. Enjoy the process. God is going to show you. Yield to the the leading of the Spirit of God. And when you get it wrong, ask him to forgive you of your sins. And then get back up and start walking with him again. So, just quickly, is there anybody here... That you don't know where your relationship was like with the Lord. And you want to receive Jesus today. I'm asking you just to slip a hand in the air if that's you. And I want to pray for you. Simply, is there anybody here that you'd like to... Right here. Thank you, sir. Up top I on love the left. that, man. Thank you. Up top on the left. Up top on the left. I see you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And then... Right here, sir, I see. Yes. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Just real quick. Can it be that easy? Come on, like, check it. Listen, can it be that easy? Yes. Yes. I was in a jail cell, inebriated, looking at my life, saying, man, if this is all there is, not real excited about it. Jesus, if you're real, you can have my life because I'm done with it. Immediately, sobered up, And it's led me to where i am today did i say some fancy prayer go through some wild ritual no all i did was say god i need you because i can't i can't do this alone there was somebody else over here that raised your hand right here thank you yeah i see you so good is there anybody else somebody's pointing over here anywhere right here i see you i see you so check this out Another thing, real quick, and then we're gonna pray, and we're gonna worship, and we're gonna get out of here. But if you're here this morning, and like, and and you know you've been walking with God, you're saved. There's no doubt about it, right? You're you're in the Lord, but other things have just crowded out and and been more of a priority of. Than God has been and you want to just make some adjustments. Will you just raise your hand just real quick? You just want to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added all over the place. Awesome. Everybody stand to your feet. Listen, I'm going to say a prayer. It's a simple prayer. I'm going to ask you to help me by making this prayer personal. You make it personal. The way that you apply this is make it personal. So Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that is in this place right now. And right now, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I know I break your heart too often. Please forgive me of my sins. Pray, Jesus, that you would do that and you'd come into my life. And I'm not looking just to be saved from something. I'm looking to walk in relationship with you. So please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, help me to fall in love with you every day. God, if I ever take you for granted, please show me. Reveal it to me so that I can repent and change my mind about that In And just live purposeful and and live a life that's just gonna just put put joy in your heart forgive us fill us be with us my life is not my own i declare today it belongs to you for lord those others that are here and and just kind of the busyness and the craziness of life Their priorities have just been mixed up, Lord. I know what that's like, too. We just make a decision, Lord, that as for me and my house, Lord, we're going to serve you, and you're going to be a priority. And Lord, also help us in this area. We love you. We thank you, and we praise you for the life that you give us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.
0: That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.